Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is the first podcast of 2020, episode 58. I hope everyone had a great Christmas and Happy New Year to all the listeners. Um, it's great to be back and I think we're kicking this year off with a really good podcast. So this podcast today is with James Wilson, aka The Sleep Geek. I'm sure many of you would have seen um, the recent piece on Sky Sports where James has been working in football, he's been working with Rotherham United and he talks about that in the podcast. Um, so this podcast is all about sleep, it's all about, we touch on his challenges he faces with players and um, we talk about the poor advice that's available out there that essentially confuses players and then also tips for players on away days. So when players are travelling, they're staying in hotels, he's got some really good tips in the episode for players he also talks about um, all the work he's done in football and with other companies and, um, and professionals out there, but also touches a little bit more in depth on his work with Rotherham and some of the, the sort of case studies he's had at Rotherham, tells some of the stories of the players he's worked with and some of the stuff he's had to overcome. It was great to have James on. Um, as soon as I saw the bit on Sky, I thought I'd reach out to him straight away um, and he was really receptive to come on the podcast and I thought there was some real good information in this episode, so I hope you take plenty from it. Let us know what you think. Please share the episode as always. Tag people in, um, send them the show and then head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Here's the episode with James. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. I am delighted to be joined today by James Wilson, also known as the Sleep Geek. And I'm sure many of you guys will have seen the little um, piece on Sky Sports News with James, so you might have a good idea about who he is. James also works in pro sport, including football, and um, we're going to dive into some of the work he's been doing, particularly in football today. So James, first of all, thank you very much for coming on. No problem. It's great to have you on, mate, and we'll get into some different areas that you've been working in, but do you want to kick us off? Just tell us a little bit more about where you've been, what you've been up to, and then what you're up to now as well. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, I, as, as you said, I, I, work in, I work in sport. I work with organisations. Um, you know, so I work with people like Coca-Cola, Red Bull. Um, the, the irony of that is not lost on me. Um, I've worked with... Uh, Jovic Insurance, I've worked with uh, Manje, I've worked with some, I've worked with the UAE government, I've worked with the Alaman government. Um, so I'm working generally with, with big groups of people, um, but then trying to help those individuals within those big groups get better sleep. Um, my journey in, in terms of what I do started with uh, my, my own poor sleep. I'm, I'm a poor sleeper. Um, you know, I think poor sleep is often often in your genetics. Um, my mum was a poor sleeper, my, my grandpa was a poor sleeper. But for me, there was a problem because um, as a poor sleeper whose family sold beds and mattresses. So my, my, I'm third generation mattress bed manufacturer and um, I, I, I was struggling to sleep and that was quite embarrassing. Like many people with sleep problems, I went to, I, know, I, I talked to health professionals, I looked for a solution um, and, and couldn't find one. But also as a, as a, as a person working in, in the sleep product industry, I, I ran out, I was running a company and we employed sleep experts. And I think I was, I was sat, I was sat on, a, on a, a webinar with one of the sleep experts we employed as he patronised a mum whose kid was struggling to sleep and telling it was her fault and thought, I could do better than this. You know, people deserve better. Poor sleepers deserve better. And that was sort of my starting point. I trained with the, um, the Children's Sleep Charity, which is now known as the Sleep Charity, as one of their practitioners. So I worked with families whose kids didn't sleep. So I started off my career there. 
Um, whilst with them, I, were, I led the largest teenage sleep project in the UK. So I was working with about 2,000 teenagers, five schools within the existing school day, where, which is quite difficult because teenagers are generally night owls, and, and helping them get better sleep, which, which is what we did. Um, and I think when you've worked with teenagers and the, the challenges they can present to you, I think any audience is easy. I would definitely say that. Um, I did some additional CBTI training in adult sleep um, and then sort of ju- jumped to working with adults. And I wanted to hit as many people as possible. You know, my whole my whole thing is about helping as many poor sleepers as possible, which is why I, I work within organizations because I'm, I'm going into companies and talking to 200, 300 people in seminars and then running drop-in clinics where people with particular problems, might be them, might be the kids, might be the partner, um, helping them, them get better sleep. Um, I'm also involved in developing products. So I have a company called The Sleep Lab. Um, we're based at the English Institute of Sport in Sheffield. And we, we develop, whether it's digital tools like online sleep behavior treatments or it's sleep technology. I've been involved with a, a, a medical device for tracking sleep called Sleep Cogni. Um, or it's, it's helping companies develop products, um, whether it's like mattresses, duvets, pillows or sleep tech. I'm involved with that, with that kind of stuff. Um, and, and trying to bring together, you know, with the whole world of sleep, the, the behaviors, the mindset and the environment and, and how can we, we sleep better. I'm definitely an advocate for work. I am, I'm on BBC Breakfast every couple of months. I, I've done, I'm, I'm at the moment, this morning sleep expert. I do a lot of, of radio. I do a lot of TV because I think, I think often with anything that's, that's sort of has a science background, it can be quite confusing and complicated for people. And, and one of the things I'm very good at is taking something that is, is quite difficult to understand and breaking it down in a way that is easy to access and easy to put in place. Because my, my, my whole approach is based up around understanding yourself as a sleeper who are you as an individual and then what small changes can you make around your your mindset your behaviors and your environment and that, and that you know some some people's lifestyles make that more difficult you know, I, do, I do a lot of work with shift workers that can be hard you know you've only got a little opportunity to sleep so how can we get the best sleep we can um and, and things like you know are you in a relationship are you not have you got kids have you not you know what is your job all these things sort of feed into our ability to sleep well and i know we're going to talk your work in football um, and focus on that and obviously you, you've worked closely with a previous guest on the podcast in Ross Burberry at Rotherham um, but I know you wanted to get over the message that it's not just about football this it's not just about footballers this this episode is it it's about just managing the individual like you said and and taking what they do currently and seeing what little changes we can make to benefit them well, that's it. I think, yeah, I've actually missed out the sport work I've done on in the administration. So I've worked alongside Rotherham United, where I've been working with them for, for two years, and we'll come on to the approach we've developed there. And, and Rotherham are my test bed. So when I want to try new things, the culture at Rotherham allows me to do that. You know, the, the, from from the, the manager, from the, you know, particularly Ross, it's, it's about what, what can we do to actually try and support these players better, you know, dealing with them on, on an ongoing basis. But I also worked with uh, Lincoln City last season. I worked with Sheffield United last season. Um, so I'm, I'm obviously taking full credit for their success last last season. Um, and I've worked with other sports. I've worked with people who are um, 800 metre runners. I've worked with people doing triathlons. I've worked with people. I've worked with young athletes as well. Um, I've done some private work, both in football and outside football, with individual footballers and also academy players. And I think you know it is you know it is it is, it is important to understand that that the job is football. The job is. Is, a, is someone doing a triathlon? The job is is a boxer. The job is a is is, is a shift worker. Job is someone working on a retail floor. It, 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 we shouldn't define sort of helping footballers in terms of well-being. I think by by the, the job that they do. Um, so I had a, I had a coach at a club a club I've worked at in the past. 
um, who, who actually said to me, you don't understand footballs are different. Um, he's only actually seen about five minutes of the seminars running. So he was probably, he probably not seen enough to, to understand that I, I get that. But also, I also, you know, we're all human and the way sleep works is, is, is based around our, our biology. So, you know, there are, there are things that are universal, universal to us all when it comes to sleep and there's things that are different about us individuals. Some of that is in our genetics, some of that is in our behaviours, some of that is in our mindset. And some does come, you know, does come from um, the job that we do. And, you know, but I, I would say, you know, footballers aren't, aren't, any, you know, aren't any different to, to other people I work with. They have different stresses, you know, that, 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 that kind of impact on their um, on their on their ability to sleep and get good quality sleep. What would you say some of the common challenges are that you face for working with players? Um, I think I think so. Some of some of them in question. Some of them is, is they've been given bad advice previously. That could be one. Um, so I've had players where they they are because they, they may work with a different sleep expertise or they've worked with a, a, a person within a, a previous club who was who was look, maybe looking after their performance but didn't have the background in sleep and they're being told you should be getting 10 hours sleep or they are being told you should be napping every day um, and our approach is definitely not around that the approach that I take is not around that it's that you know, an individual might need to nap but not everyone does an individual might need 10 hours sleep but not everybody does um, I think there's, there's a lot of stuff around this summer around um, Roger Federer having 10 hours sleep and therefore as sports people we all should have 10 hours sleep um, and, they, and they sort of the other example I would give to that is Lionel Messi has he's supposed to have five hours sleep I would argue that the amount of sleep they're getting isn't why they're so good at what they do I'd argue that they both understand themselves really well and they're getting the sleep that they need and I think that's what's important so we can often be unpicking um, you know bad advice in the past so I had a player uh, I had a player who's who not involved anymore but was one of the players I worked with originally he, he'd worked with a sleep expert previously who told him that he, need, he needed to um, nap every day so he came to me when we did our initial consultation he said I'm a bad sleeper James I'd give myself a one out of five and when we talked about it he wasn't you know he felt good during the day he was training well he, he fell asleep at night went back to sleep when he woke up in the night got up on a consistent time in the week he was a good sleeper but because he'd been given this message that he had to nap to be classed as a good sleeper he, 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 had, he had sort of he had um, he, he kind of like we had to change his perception of himself and I think that's again not just in football often we have a, a misguided perception of how much sleep we need there's a lot of messages out there at the moment around sleep you know, there's one there's one quite powerful one that's doing a lot of damage that is if you have less than seven hours for one night you're going to die um, and, and that is damaging and the reason why within why that's damaging is that with sleep you cannot force it you know, one of the things we know about sleep is you cannot force sleep and you know this because you will have got an early flight maybe and you've got to get up in the morning and you have gotten to bed a bit early and you've laid there tossing and turning tossing and turning tossing and turning worrying about getting up at four o'clock in the morning and about half past three you fall asleep because at that point your body thinks well it's fine we're getting up in half an hour and you fall asleep so we, we, when, we're, when we're giving messages to players we've got to be very careful that we're not treating them all as, as one homogenous group we're all saying that you are all the same you know, we, we've got to help that player understand how much sleep they need not me dictating to them you know that you you should be having ten hours because all footballers need ten hours. That, that that's that's not the way the way we approach it. So that can be an issue. Um, I think I think often um, you know, midweek games can be a problem. Definitely, you know I think I think a night game is an issue because some of the supplements they take to get through the game, like the caffeine and things like that, and then travelling back from the game if they're travelling back, and then getting home from arriving back at the club and then getting to their own house. And then, then really, really trying to force themselves to get to sleep. So we, we do have issues on on night games and generally nights. The night after a game, I'd, I'd say my work in sport, people often don't struggle the day before an event or, or the day before a match. 
the, the, the often the, their minds are quite at ease with with the, the, the training they put in and, and what they need to do. It's the night after the game that they often um, that they, they, they struggle because they're overthinking about the self-analyzing, thinking about the performance. Um, and, and stuff like you know, the supplements have taken have, have impacted so again with that it might be on an individual basis but I know one of the things we've done this season uh, uh, at, at certain times they've actually stayed over um, the night after a game um, just to see how that impacts on, on recovery see if that improves performance you know and, 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 and um, at the moment we've probably not done it enough to, to, to come to a definitive conclusion on that but that's the sort of thing we do like we're looking at little things. How can we change it a little bit? Yeah, that, that, that can be an issue. I think the people around the player can be pro- a problem. Um, I think you know, often we see the, the athlete in front of us or you know, the, the person in front of us as being, as, as being the only thing we'd think about. But when it comes to sleep, you know, if a player has a partner who doesn't sleep, that can be an issue. Uh, the stresses it puts on that player because you know, the, the person next to them is waking up during the night. If they've got kids, that can be a real issue. I know when we, we discussed... Uh, babies and sleep as you as you have a four month old at the moment um, before before we came on um, and and that you know, that can be an issue you know it, it, a lot of my work around that is actually giving context and helping the player and their partner understand what it's going to be like and, and and what we can do before the baby comes along to prepare ourselves and then how we deal with the sort of going through going through um, going through the uh, the sort of the the baby developing and getting older and the different points where I might have to. I might have to support them. Um, and I think one of the big ones I think in, fo- in, in football that I've come across um, is temperature regulation. I think, um, you know, one of the big, big things we need to, well, the physiological, physiological processes our body goes through to fall asleep, we need it to be dark, we need a drop in heart rate and a drop in core temperature. And I think a drop in core temperature for, for footballers and, and sports people can be, can be quite difficult to achieve. Um, and I think that can, that can be quite environmental. I think footballers are often have been advised quite a lot to sleep on foam-based products Foam-based products are generally going to make you hot. They might be under a duvet that's trapping that heat in, and they might be sleeping in an environment that is that is too hot for them and, and causing them, as they come out of sleep cycle, to wake up more during the night and, and sometimes struggle to get to sleep as well. So I think I think you know I think if I'm going to sum up, it would be you know, advice to players being given in the past. It, it will be um, the people around the player, um, and, it, and it will be the, the sort of te- the temperature, the temperature regulation. These are the things that we I come up against probably most of all. And this might sound like a bit of an obvious question, but I think it'll be good for you just to touch on. With play, I'm saying players, but this can count for coaches as well. But how should people assess their sleep? How, how do they know that it's getting better? So it's really interesting. When I first started working with Rotherham, it was part of a study we were doing with um, Sheffield Helm University and uh, Westfield Health. And we were using Apple Watches to, to track the players. Um, because the, the, the brand, Westfield we were trying to create a relationship with Apple and they wanted to use those, those, those products to track the players. And actually, and this isn't on the actual Apple watches itself as a, as an inter, as a, as a tracker, but, but, but tracking, tracking the sleep was the worst thing we could do because a, a, a player's natural sort of instinct is to compete. Um, and, and everything else they do is, is tracked in a certain way. So, you know, like with, with nutrition, it's tracked in a certain way. Input goes in, output comes out. With with exercise, with the training regimes, input goes in, um, output comes out. With sleep, it's very different because you can't force sleep. You know, you, you're trying to track your sleep, but actually, you, you're trying to make yourself sleep more because we often measure sleep on um, how much sleep we've had, rather than like how much sleep do we need. So, so with sleep needs, sleep needs actually as much about quant- quality as it is about quantity, and quantity is really easy to track. But quality is, is a lot harder. And this is why when we're using, you know, even, even the, the more accurate trackers that are out there now, 
they're still not as accurate as we want them to be, and they still actually often leave a poor sleeper sleeping worse. So it was quite interesting. That was one of our first learnings was we need to stop actually tracking these players in terms of using a, 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 you know, a, 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 wrist, a wrist watch tracker. What, what we did is we, we actually had a little app where we'd ask them a couple of times a week. It'd be, it wouldn't be consistent at the same time every day, but it would be when we felt it was necessary. The app would ask them, how do you feel about your sleep last night? And, and it was normally around 10, 11 o'clock when we tried to do it because um, at 10, 11 o'clock, you should be at your most alert. So really, as a, as a player starting training, they should be at their most alert. So if they feel okay then, if they feel like they're good to go, if they're feeling alert and they feel like they've, they've, they've slept well the night before, and, and that, that is how I would track sleep. You know, I, I try and do it on how do you feel because sleep is a feeling, it's not a number. And I think a lot, of, a lot of the stuff around sleep is based on number. What time should we go to bed? What time should we be getting up? What time, how much sleep should I have? And actually, what time should we be going to bed? Can't fall asleep. You need to be sleeping. No, what time should we be getting up? That, 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 that probably needs to be consistent. Um, but, but, you know, and, and that's, the only, that's, that's the only sort of number I would use. And then it's how much sleep have I had? Well, actually, how do you feel? Because you might be getting eight hours sleep. Um, there's quite a common sleep disorder called sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is a breathing disorder, quite common in sport. Um, and this is where your, your, your airways get blocked during the night so your airways will close during the night a lot of people suffering from sleep apnea are getting eight nine hours sleep but the sleep is such poor quality that they might drive into a car on the way to work because they fall asleep at the wheel or they might chuck a cup of coffee down themselves first thing in the morning because they've fallen asleep at breakfast but they're still they're, they're still telling themselves they're getting enough sleep so it can't be their sleep that's the problem and so this idea that we need x amount of sleep can be quite damaging for people who actually feel appalling on that amount of sleep so if you judge your sleep on how you feel you're more likely to start actually getting getting more from it because because you're stopping to force yourself into this idea that I need to have 10 hours sleep, I need to have 9 hours sleep, I need to have 8 hours sleep. You're starting to work out how much sleep do I actually need and am I allowing myself to, to, to get that sleep? I think it's an interesting topic, isn't it? It reminds me very much of discussions we've had on nutrition, that people yeah. see certain things out there in the press and then they think that that's the the one way of going about it and then like you said with especially with any um professional players that are in the news they might see like you say Messi sleeps this amount of time or this other player sleeps this amount of time so I've got to do that but do you think that the positive of that and the positive of the fact that the more information on sleep is coming out do you think that players are, are trying to prioritize it more in, in in your experience yeah i would have to say that so i'd say over the past 18 months we have had a real incre- increase in awareness of the of, of how sleep is like a really important recovery tool in in all aspects of society but particularly in sport and, and football and i think um and I think I think there's, there was a there's a there's a, a book written called Why We Sleep by a guy called Matthew Walker that sold millions of copies, and the site and it's really interesting, well written book that raises awareness about sleep and sort of for society to take sleep seriously. But within that, there are some quite damaging messages to individuals because it will say things like you know that that, that you need X amount of sleep or you're going to die, and it starts getting people to worry about the amount of sleep they have. So I think it is. I think I think sleep is going through like I think like you touched, you touched on nutrition in the way that nutrition did in the way that exercise did. As, a, as an industry, it's going through, it's sort of, it's maturing. And we've kind of like, we, we, we've been talking about why sleep's important and, and a little bit of the sort of the scare stories around sleep. We now need to sort of move it into that next bit, which is how do, how does this individual in front of me or, do, how, or if I'm, I'm, the, I'm the footballer, how do I, as a, as, this indiv- as a footballer, how do I actually understand how much sleep I need? You know, how to understand myself as a sleeper. That, that comes down to sleep need, that comes down to sleep type. Are you a lark or are you an owl? 
Um, and, and, and it comes down to your individual circumstance. So, you know, are you, are you traveling three hours from home to training every day? You know, are you, are you having to stay over more often because you're having on a Monday night, you're staying over for Tuesday night's game? It, it's, it, it, these things then impact on, on, on the changes you might make to get better sleep. I know you've got some good stories on some specific uh, players. You don't have to obviously name them, but some players you've worked with and some stuff that you've done with them. But I just wanted to ask you, and it's one thing when I spoke to Ross before the podcast, he, he mentioned this as well, but he, to touch on why your work um, is effective with the with the Rotherham players. And I know you touched at the start on the culture at the club, so I didn't know if that's one of the main reasons it ties in with that. Yeah, and I think I've mentioned three clubs. Um, you know, I've worked with us, but I've mentioned three clubs today: Rotherham, Sheffield United, and Lincoln City under under the Cowleys. And I think they all had a very similar culture in terms of uh, this sort of this idea. Like it can be called well-being, or it can be called preventative health. But this idea of of, of how the work that I do can impact on on, on players' performance. And I think particularly at Rotherham, I think it comes from the top down. I think the, the gaffer at Rotherham is very sort of. Very, very emotionally open. He likes emotional intelligence. He like play. He likes players who are emotionally intelligent, and 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 there is an acceptance, you know, that that of being emotionally open. So that means that when we, we can talk about things like how did we sleep last night without it being seen as something bad. Now, you know, I I've not experienced this, but I've been told of, of of other clubs where someone within the the performance department is keeping track of players' sleep, and they're being report. It's been reported back that if they're getting not enough sleep, then that's that, that's taken into consideration. When, when you know is this player fit to play, and I think that can be you know that that kind of culture should be quite damaging because then players aren't going to be open about the sleep, and you're not going to be able to make the changes that you need. Where you know rather than we have a very very open open culture and and a, and, a, and a culture of learning as well. So not just you know me going in and doing and you know and doing um, the same thing for, for for two years over over sort of you know one full season and two half seasons. Actually, starting at a starting point, we started off with the the, the, the study I did with Sheffield Hallam at the starting point was a pilot study, and it was about like what works and what doesn't. And we, we you know, like for example, using um, using trackers, we felt that didn't work. Um, at first, I used to sit in a room and players had to come in and see me. Um, that you know that didn't work because because there was this you know there was this sort of nice idea that what couldn't see me was 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 was, was you were weak in some way that you were sleeping poorly and therefore that wasn't good. Um, so we changed the approach to delivering the information. You know, so we, we now we use seminars, and we and, and I'm around the club. You know, I will I will be there when they are eating. I'll be there at breakfast. I'll be there at lunch. I I stand as they come off the training field and ask them how they slept. I'm trying to give them as many opportunities, whether that's in a small group settings or as individuals or as a team as a whole, to to talk to me about their sleep and and give them, and you know and, and dispense the information. To them that I know they need because you know I know the players who aren't sleeping well, um, and, and I'll you know I'll approach them in different ways. Some players you can approach and, and it be, you know like we need to check about your sleep. Some players you've, you've got to you've got to help them get you know get to the point they want they're open about about talking about their sleep and and that is that is you know that that is what we've something we've definitely changed over my sort of two years with the club. Every player who joins the club, we sit down and have a little chat about their sleep quite early on um, because the, you know the, if they've come from on loan from another club. Or they have, um, or, or, or they're moving their families into the area. I want to sit and talk to them about sleep at that point because I want them to be thinking about where they're going to live, even down to where they're going to live in the local area. You know, I'm not a massive fan of the players living close to the fans because I think that that can that can that can increase the stress and it can increase the inability to sleep. You know, and so uh, you know, if 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 if, if they're asking 
you know, where she live, what, what, you know, what sort of products should be looking for as I'm buying products in my house. Now, I, I do a lot of work around that. A lot of the players who've left the club, they still get in touch with me when they want to buy a mattress or a pillow or a duvet or, the, or, or they've got colleagues at the new club who want to do that because, because it's, it's that important. We need to make sure that they are considering as they come to club, what can they do? And, and uh, you know, we, we, we said we talk about some of the players that have some of the experiences. Lone players are really interesting. They're often young, They've often been living at home. If, 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 if their parent club is, is where they're from, and they're now coming to us, and they've, they're coming to a new environment, and they, they've actually moved away from home for the very first time. Um, and I'm, I'm sure all of us, whatever, whether we're a player or we're a, a coach, when we, we've maybe got away to university, we can, you know, we, we can remember that feeling. And so, my work then is actually talking about can we make this bedroom in this rented house feel like home? And that might include, you know, bringing knickknacks and ornaments from home it might include bringing your pillow from home or your duvet from home one of the things I like to do is use get, get players to uh, ask their mum and dad what the washing powder they use at home is and use that same washing powder in their digs because that, that creates that emotional connection smells very important and it allows them to feel a little bit more at home in that environment that they're, that they're sleeping in and, and starts that process of, of um, you know making them feel more more secure because you know good sleep comes from emotional and physical security if you feel emotionally and physically secure, your heart rate will drop, and, and that, that's often what we're looking for. So it can be, it can be, you know, I think, I think what bothers me, I think I'm good for the club because I, the club is good for me. The club is open. The club allows me to do what I do, and I think we make it fun. You know, we make it engaging. My whole approach is not about big words and acronyms and trying to show people what I what I know. You know, I, my first job is to show people that I care. That is what I do firstly, and then I can tell, I can, I can, I can let people know what I know, but not in a way that scares them or or or, or intimidates them with the language that I use. I'm very, very, you know, I, I feel language is very important to what we do, um, and I know within squads I've worked in, we've had people who, you know, are maybe just about reading. Um, so you know you, you can't go in and, and, and patronise that person I think in a lot of a lot of the sleep world um, and the people who, who, who do what I do the reason I started doing this was because it was very patronising and very much about it's your fault where I you know I, I want to show the people I work with that I care and, and, then, and then we can we can we can engage them and then we can deliver the information they need I think that's fascinating in terms of the environment isn't it where you said about Getting them to come in and see you in an office, and then changing it to just being around the changing, changing, and um, the changing the training training ground. Even um, I think that makes you a lot more approachable, doesn't it? It makes it a bit more, like you say, a bit bit more normal and, and something that where they can use you um, to boost their performance rather than being felt like they're getting told what's a negative side of what they're yeah. doing. That's it, exactly. That. And I'm, I'm, whoever, I, yeah, whoever I'm working with, I try and focus on what they like. I've worked with players who maybe aren't sleeping as they want to, but they're performing well. So we, we talk about that. Well, look how well you're doing on the sleep you're getting. Why, yeah, why, yeah. why, why are you worried about it? You know, let and, and, and when you take that 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 pressure and that stress away, they, they start to sleep better. So it is, is, is often finding you know people who who sleep poorly. And I know this because I was that person. I was two three hours a night for six seven weeks, crash sixteen hours, start again. You know, I got through that. I spent, you know, from being probably about four or five years old to my mid twenties, sleeping like that a lot of the time. Um, and 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 you 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 can deal with it. So why are we? Why is poor sleepers? Are we in the middle of the night worrying about the poor sleep? Because actually, that's the one thing we're quite good at dealing with. Um, so I think it is. I think it is. You know, I think it's important that we we don't sleep is not sleep is more like mental health. It's not. It's not so much like nutrition and exercise. And I think within sport. 
it's been approached like like nutrition and, and training, and, and 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 I think that's wrong. I think we need to see it as something that is is harder to control. You know, that, that we, we have a genetic sort of sleep makeup, um, and and good sleepers can do loads of things wrong and sleep really well, and poor sleepers can be doing all, all the things that the experts tell you that that you should be doing and still be sleeping poorly. Um, and, and I think often when we take the pressure off people. You know, we, we get them sleeping better and, and that's what it's about better leads you know it's not you know it's so better leads to a happier person um and and, and you have that like that lovely virtuous cycle of better sleep making you happier leading to better sleep i hope you enjoyed the episode with james so far uh, i certainly enjoyed speaking to him and there's plenty more information to come in the second part but i just wanted to give you a quick update on the community on our online community so for anyone that doesn't know, we have a, a football fitness online community available. Um, it's on our website, footballfitfed.com, and just click the community tab. You can go and get a free month to see what the community is all about. After that, it is only $4.99 per month. Some of the updates, recent updates, we've got an interview on there with Dr. Paul Bradley. We've also got a written interview with the guys at Sports Support on CV writing and job applications. So that's really good for anyone looking to either change jobs or get into football. There's also plenty of the network meeting presentations. So if you weren't able to make any some of our 2019 network meetings, some of the presentations from the meetings are available on the community as well. And we will be adding to that this year too with some of our upcoming 2020 meetings. And when we announce the 2020 meetings, we'll also be putting some discount codes in the community. So if you are going to be coming to any of our network meeting presentations, you will get discount as a online um, community member. So keep an eye out for that and keep an eye out for the upcoming announcements of our 2020 meetings which will be very very soon hopefully by the time the next podcast comes out we will have at least one meeting to announce hopefully more than that here is the rest of the episode with james it might sound a a bit of a a daft question but do you want to go into some of the real benefits of of good sleep because there might be some players hopefully some players listening and thinking that well i'm performing well like I might not sleep that well, but what what benefits can I get from improving my sleep? And I think I think it's that I think we see it's seen sleep as a long term thing. So one night of poor sleep is, is not going to do you much harm, and and you need to not worry about it. You know, if you've gone through a couple of even even sort of three to five days of poor sleep, isn't 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 have that long term impact? It's, it's if you're sleeping well most of the time, consistently, probably seventy five percent of the time, and you know th- that that will be defined by you as an individual. But generally, if you're getting more than five and a half, six hours of good quality sleep, you, you're probably getting enough physiological sleep, you might need more emotionally. Um, and I think, so I think, I think we can start there. You know, sleep is a, you know, it, it builds emotional resilience. It builds your ability to, to take the, the, the slings and arrows of a professional football career. So, you know, it, it, and, and, to, and to learn when you are maybe not in, not, not in the team, not in the squad and, and to, to be, be more emotionally accepting of of of, the, of where you're at now, and I think I think you know definitely we see improving a player's sleep improves their emotional resilience. Which I think you know I think I think particularly at the moment um, a lot of stuff around mental health and uh, and 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 football sleep is the place where you start that process of improving your mental health. REM sleep gives you emotional resilience, so you know having having good quality. REM sleep leads to, helps you ha- helps you have better emotional resilience because during REM sleep we're working through 
the emotions of the day before. So, so you know, that, that is a, a place to start. Now, uh, in terms of, of recovery, sleep is incredibly important. Um, we, we, with Rotherham, the, the, the reason Sky came down and, and filmed us last week, and we've had some articles on the BBC and on Forbes, um, and, the, and I think there's some we had one as well. We're talking about some work we did with a, um, a company called Unique, um, who, are, who are a Finnish company, and they are experts in sleep posture. So they develop products around the individual posture of, of people, and they specialise particularly in sports. So they, they have worked with people like Kimi Raikkonen. They work in the NBA and the NHL a lot. And, with, and I wanted to bring them across, because part of this learning that we do at Rotherham and part of this, the way we, we go about it, um, is, is I wanted them to come across and I wanted all the players and coaching staff to be body mapped so we could make some suggestions on how they can improve their posture because you know, sleep posture is very important to, 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 to recovery, particularly from injury. Um, and, and we could, and we, and we gave them all, they, they all, they all, um, they all got an adjustable pillow. So they all got a, um, a pillow that could be adjusted based on their, their body type, their sleep surface and, and their, and their sleep posture. And, and that, and that, you know, that, that is part of that recovery. So one of the, you know, one of the benefits is, is recovery from injury. You know, it, it's been, it's recovering both mentally and physically to ensure that we don't, you know, we, we're less likely to get injured. Um, it's hard, you know. Th- th- these sorts of things in particular are very hard to kind of find the evidence basis for. But we know, you know, we, we know that posture in particular. If your body is is supported properly during sleep, you you are you are more likely to 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 be able to recover from injury quicker, particularly um, because you can you can function better the next day. So so the, the, you know, I think particularly around emotional resilience, around around injury recovery, around decision making on on the field. So you know, are you making the right decision? You know, under pressure, can you make the right decision? Because cognitively, you're you're, you're in the right, you know, your brain's in the right state to be able to deal with with what's what's in front of you. So I think I think to me, they're the, the three main areas where where good quality sleep helps the footballers that I work with. I think that was a really fascinating part for me when I watched the piece on um, on Sky where you got the lads to lie down and it looked at, like the pressure, didn't it, on the on like the mattress? Yeah. So I yeah, thought- so, so so yeah, we, we're actually I'm developing a partnership with Unique where I'm looking at the the behaviours and and the um, and, and the sort of mindsets of the players and, and the stuff that I do in terms of the rest of the environment. And and they're and they're supporting player, players and sports people and, and within within um, within within their, their sleep posture. So uh, as I said, I'm basically in the English Institute of Sport in Sheffield. We, we, we're putting one of their systems in place there. And we, and we have a system that we used uh, with Rotherham where we can come out. And, and it is, you know, it is, it is, um, it is about education. It, I love the, 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 the body mapping system because it allows you to, with a player, go through what's actually happening in their body. And, and when, 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 you need, uh, when, they, when they construct a, a mattress, they actually take that body map, they take an injury profile, and then they 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 uh, they have they have physios who actually develop the mattress layer by layer and ensure that mattress will support that individual properly. And, and it's, it's incredibly interesting, and I've I've learned a lot working with them because they they have that passion for for sleep posture um, that 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 is needed to sort of move that that part of of um, you know, physiotherapy on because I think I think often. When I talk to the physios that I work with, and I talk to the, the particularly young physios we we have coming through at the clubs I work with, there isn't much talk about sleep posture within within the edu- you know, when they're at university and when they're doing their degree and their and their, 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 their post degree qualifications. And I think you know sleep posture is, is incredibly important. So I think it is you know it's something that we hope we're hoping they'll. Be- so I think the, the the strong story that came out of the uh, the work we did at Rotherham 
with with Unique was um, was a uh, Paul Warren was a bit a little bit, a little bit skeptical as he lay on the on the body mapper. He's a front sleeper. Um, it's quite interesting. We see a lot of front sleepers in in in, in football, often because players are so big. A off-the-shelf consumer mattress doesn't support them properly, so laying in the front feels more comfortable um, as they fall asleep, but they end up in quite a locked position, maybe with their arms above their head, their neck turned one way or another, pressure on the bottom of the back, and, and, and they're putting a lot of pressure on their um, on, on their bodies when they sleep on their front. We the, the, the physios from, from Finland took him through why sleeping on his front wasn't, wasn't great, helped him understand what, how to sleep on his side better, he got an adjustable pillow, and you know he would say, you know, he he's he now he's sleeping on his side more often than not, and he's waking up in the morning and he's not having to spend ten minutes loosening off to be able to get out of bed. So that 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 that's the sort of impact we can have with the, with the work that we do. That actually we can we can help people understand themselves better, make, make some small suggestions and improvements, and and see the benefit during the day. I know you had a specific story you told, didn't you, on on Sky about one of the players? Yeah. Um, so, so, and, and and I think I think the uh, Paul Warren brought this out after the uh, the player final when Modern beat Shrewsbury that uh, that we we done some work with with Richard Wood. Um, Richard Wood was supposed to be in the uh, the feature with Sky and, and had to go, and therefore got hammered by everyone else by the other two players in the, in the gaffer on uh, on his sleep issues. So, so Richard, unlike like, and this is this is you no. Know, more common than probably people think in, in football, but also common within general populations, that, that like, he's also on the parasomnia. So parasomnias are, are basically anything you would do during the day, you're doing it at night. Um, and, and that might, you know, I've worked with people who, um, who would carry their children around the house during, their, during the night um, in their arms. I've worked with you know, a colleague of mine, worked with a lady who would drive her car during the night. Um, it, 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 I've worked with people who eat during the night. I've worked with people who... Um, who, who, who maybe it's from a called sexomnia where they try and have sex with their partner during the night. So it's, it's, it's quite a common condition. It's often triggered by something in, in the deeper stage of sleep, um, the non-mem three stage of sleep or, or, or slow wave sleep. You often don't remember it. So you're acting it out, but you don't really remember it. During the REM stage of sleep, it, it, it can often, it's often acted out and, um, and you do remember it. So you're maybe acting out something that you're dreaming about in particular. And, and with, with, with Richard, he, were, he, were, he would often head the ball in his sleep um, he would get up and have a walk around. Um, interestingly, as, as well, it could, it could be genetic, so out, but you don't really remember it. During the REM stage of sleep, it, it, it can often, it's often acted out, and, um, and you do remember it, so you're maybe acting out something that you're dreaming about in particular. And, and with, with, with Richard, he, were, he, were, he would often head the ball in his sleep. Um, he would get up and have a walk around. Um, interestingly, as, as well, it could, it could be genetic, so often people who have parasomnias, they, 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 your parents might have had it, or your kids might suffer from it. Um, I have heard of stories. I've not worked with them, but I've heard of stories of goalkeepers who put their gloves on during the night and will, uh, will, will, with the teammates laid in the bed next to them in the uh, when they're rooming together, will will practice saving shots during the night. So um, it, it, it is quite common. So what, what we did with with with, uh, with Richard, we're looking at triggers when it comes to parasomnias. It might be temperature again. Temperature is a big one. So is the mattress sleeping on? On, on a foam-based mattress, is that causing a problem? Uh, are you got a very heavy duvet and, and maybe high thread count cotton bedding? Um, it could be things like alcohol can be triggered. I think it's on the on the feature on Sky. Like I, I do talk to a lot of players who who do with the toilet sometimes during the night in places they shouldn't, like the wardrobe. Sometimes that can just be the alcohol and the impact alcohol on our sleep. Um, and sometimes they are parasomniac. So you know, alcohol can be triggered. Um, Stress and anxiety can be triggered. So you know, players out of the team, 
they've maybe got a con- they've got contract renewal coming up. That can be a trigger. So I think it's, it's look, we're often looking at what the triggers are, um, and then we're looking at how we can how we can actually reduce those those triggers and, and help the player understand what the condition is and how and how it affects them, um, and try and minim- you know, minimise the occurrences because it's, it's it's not curing it. Now very little sleep that you can cure. It's often about understanding and putting in place the things that'll, that'll make it happen less and you know and, and I'd say with, with, with Richard that, that's what we've done so that is that, yeah, that is, and I think it's looking out for these things you know if you're room with a player who goes for a walk in night when they're going for that walk in the night they're not sleeping so if you have colleagues in, the, in, in your team who are doing it it needs to be, it needs to be addressed you know we can all laugh about it um, and, and I think there's been lots of fun social media about Richard uh, about Woody uh, heading, heading walls in his sleep and things like that but actually, when he's doing that, he's not sleeping, and you know, and I, I want him to get the best sleep he can. So we, we do need to do something about it. I think that'd be really good to touch on. Just I know you've touched on it a little bit already, but when players are travelling away and they're staying over in hotels and they're spending time on team buses for an hour, hours and hours, what are some things that you'd look or that you'd recommend for players to do or take with them? So, so, so some things that, like, that they can do, um, I really encourage players to take the pillow from home and the pillowcase, easy thing to do, feels more like home and hotel pillows are appalling. Doesn't matter how expensive the hotel is. Now I, I work with hotels, I do consultancy work on, on sleeping vibes with hotels and convincing them, because they're, they're thinking about the aesthetic, they're thinking about how that room looks as you walk into it and what they should be thinking about is the function of that room the function of that room is to help you sleep better um, and even when they've got quite a good mattress you know and I think hotels are getting a lot better on mattresses and mattresses that work for most people but, but the pillows are often a point so take your own pillow take your own pillowcase because you get that nice feel of home you get a smell of home and also if you don't take the pillowcase you'll forget you'll, you'll actually put the, the pillow that you took from home in a hotel pillowcase rushing out of the room the next morning you forgot your pillow um, and you're buying a new pillow, so that you know, I would definitely, I definitely recommend that. As I talked about, smells quite important. So I'm, I'm very big on players taking, um, taking, uh, taking smell from home. Um, so like we talked about with lone players, you might, you might use um, washing powder from home in, in your digs. If we're travelling, maybe your partner's perfume or aftershave, you know, that can be, that can be powerful. So you know, spray, spray. You, you can spray it on, on, a, on maybe a t-shirt of theirs as you, as you go, or you can take it with you. Um, and that can really work. That, that that does allow you to feel a bit more emotionally secure. It helps you have that dropping that dropping um, that dropping core temperature. Now I've worked with people who do miss their partners incredibly, incredibly. Um, and and you know, I'm, I'm probably going to overshare here. I, I do do this. So I, I when I when I sleep away from home, I, I miss Missy Sleep Geek. Um, and what I do, I'll take her perfume with me, but I'll also I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes construct to pretend Mrs. Sleep Geek out pillows in, in the in the in the bed next to me to make me feel like there's someone sleeping next to me because because sometimes that you know, some, some some people do need that sense of, of someone sleeping next to them. My thing on why I do need to have that sense of someone sleeping next to me um, is um, is because is because I actually used to sleep next to a wall when I was a, a child and that like I'm used to having something next to me. So in a hotel, you get that sort of like the, the beds are in the middle of the room that feels a little bit a little bit too. To, to like expose to me so putting a putting a sort of pillow behind behind me a couple of pillows behind me just gives that sense that 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 there's something there and that and that helps me that helps me um, sleep better so I've had you know I had one player who did used to take a pillow um, away with him did used to sleep his, his wife's perfume on it and give it a cuddle before he went to bed and that that helped him you know, that helped him sleep better and I think these emotional things are, are can be quite you know we can I can sit into a, a room full of footballs and they can laugh about it and but this is one of the ways that it works you know, with with clubs that I'm embedded with. When I'm, when I'm working there week on week, we can have these conversations and have a bit more honest conversation about it. And me sharing 
you know, what I do often breaks those barriers of, of, um, of for, for players to sort of share what they do. Yeah, I think it's something that players wouldn't talk about too much a few years ago, isn't it? But I think there's definite takeaways there for players to go and try and um, come up with methods that work for them. Yeah, and it's even simple things like, you know, like if you have a bath or shower before you get to bed at home, have a bath or shower before you get to bed at the hotel. You know, he's putting in cues that allow your body to know. Because the problem with hotels is, you, like, you're often there and you're in the room, and it's not like at home where you're in, you're down, you know, you're downstairs and you go up to bed. You're in that room until you get to sleep. And I think sometimes having a behavioural cue, so, you know, you get getting dressed for bed as you as you prepare to go to sleep, you know, having, brushing your teeth, having a shower, watching something, you know, watching, think about what you're watching on TV before, before bed, because a lot of players, will, they'll be two of them in the room, maybe bring a laptop along and they'll be watching, you know, a box set or they'll be watching a horror film or, you know, a, a, a crime drama. You know, these things get your brain going, they get you thinking, they're not conducive to that dropping heart rate that, that you need before bed. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying don't watch something, but if you, if you can watch something funny, you know, comedy's great, releases, you know, releases endorphins, gets you relaxed. You know, it's great. Repetitive stuff's great. Anything that's repetitive, so programs that involve buying a house or baking a cake or cooking or you know, renovating something, they're, they're great. Or something trashy. You know, Winter Love Island's about to start. That sort of stuff's perfect. You now, make, 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 makes you feel better about yourself because you're not them and, um, and, and, and relaxes you, you know, before bed because your, your brain's basically going... So think, you know, it's these little things to think about. Like how can we make little tweaks that, that, will, that will improve you know, our, our, our sleep as individuals and, and in that environment where it's, it's not where you usually sleep, how do we feel, make it feel more like home? Just one final area I think it'd be great to touch on because I know a lot of our listeners will be working with um, academy players and younger players. So obviously the, the, the travel issue probably isn't going to be as big a deal for the younger players, but what are some things that you look at and consider with, with players that are younger? I'm talking from like pre-academy upwards, so sort of seven up, upwards. Yes, one of the things doing it both of them um, is quite interesting. Is trying to embed this knowledge in um, in in the from the academy up. So, like one of the big things we've done, one of the big pushes we've had this season is how do we how do we? Like, it's not just about the first team squad. It's about the women's team. It's about the community trust. It's about the academy because because we want the club to be sleeping better. You know, if I if I and then this season I don't come back to the club, we want there to be a legacy there that the club has a culture now of taking sleep seriously. And I think academies it is important to think about this stuff. So. Pre-academy, academy, you know, is, is, is even just the simplest things, is the last message you've given those players as they, as they finish positive. If you've given those players something to worry about as they travel home and then try to go to sleep, I, I think it's quite damaging. And, like, I, and I would say, I've, I did, as, a, as a kid sleep practitioner, I did a couple of cases of private work with young players. I think we took, we took between 8 and 12 who whose sleep has been massively damaged by that kind of thing, by by the coach in question actually p- taking up the, the picking end of training at half eight maybe is the time to tell that individual what they're doing wrong, uh, and that is not going to help them sleep that night. Um, I think as I think we need to you know particularly parents within academies, you know they need to be aware of that conversation from leaving training to home. Again, is it positive or is it negative? Because I, you know, I've worked with young players where it's been incredibly negative, incredibly negative, and that is what has impacted on 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 a on a, on a player's performance. I think even the simplest, you know, academy training is often at night before you know before sort of the the, the join the, the academy the academy at sixteen. 
is are, are we thinking about what time we're finishing training for that for that for that group? Because um, about twelve thirteen, um, our bodies will become more night owlish in our behaviours. So that that kind of group can probably finish training a little bit later and, and it'd be okay. Um, but but a younger group, you know, even you know an eight nine year old finishing at, at half eight when they're maybe travelling forty five minutes to an hour home, and then they've got to wind down afterwards. That, that can be quite that can be quite difficult. So you know, it's, it's encouraging proper wind down routines and showing after after sort of midweek training at night, players are winding down properly before bed, not rushing towards bed. Because again, within academies, there's these prescriptive one size fits all messages. You need to be have eight hours, nine hours, ten hours sleep. You need to be in bed. All need to be in bed by ten o'clock. You all need to be in bed by half ten. That's not true, and, and we need to get away from that kind of damaging message. Because that play, you cannot force yourself to sleep. So if you you've been told you need to be in bed by ten, and it's quarter past ten. And you've been told if you're not in bed by ten, your performance is going to suffer. What what do you do now? So I think we need to be careful of the, of the messages we give our, our young players. Um, we need to understand the impact of poor sleep on mental health and their ability to 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 be emotionally resilient. So if they're not sleeping properly, it, it, we need to be dealing with it because it's actually you know it's a it's a real sign of um of of, of what to come because the way sleep and mental health work, they they sort of they, they have a co-occurring they have co-occurring conditions. Poor sleep can drive mental health issues, but mental health issues can drive poor sleep. And, and therefore, you, you know, you, you, in both ways, it works. We, we need to be aware of poor sleep and, and trying to adjust it. So I think, I think clubs, coaches, you know, parents have a really important role to play in terms of sleep when it comes to you know, deciding when we're going to train, deciding how, what message we're going to give out, and, and are we going to try and be prescriptive? And, and actually, is that prescriptive message we've decided upon more dam- doing more damage than it is good? Brilliant. I think there's some top information in there, mate. I think there's there's loads to take away from that. Um, and I just I'd like to just to get that academy bit in because I thought there was some top advice in there, and I think coaches will take a lot away from it. So thank you very much for coming on and sharing all that. No problem. I think yeah, like I said, I think I think academy is important. I think it's it's about it's about starting at start. You know, if we can get kids at eight nine years old understanding the importance of sleep and get into good habits and understand their sleep better. Then, when they are first team players, um, they're going to they're, they're going to be prepared for, for what is to come. And even if they're not going into a professional football career, we, 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 we've left them with with better well being than than when they started at eight. And I think you know part of the kind of job is that, isn't it? So I think I think you know the, these messages around sleep at that age are incredibly important. Yeah, definitely, I fully agree. So, where's the best place for people to check out your work, James? So I am on social media as The Sleep Geek. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on, I've got a YouTube channel if you search for The Sleep Geek. I have a website, thesleepgeek.co.uk. We, we, we're, just, we're just updating that at the moment. Um, you know, look out for me in your, in your newspaper, on your TV, on your TV screen or on the radio. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and if anyone's got any questions about what I've talked about, and have got any questions around, around, around what I do, if you're interested in, in getting me involved in their club, um, or, or if an individual wants some wants some advice, you know, get in touch and let me know, and we can we can we can start to have that conversation. Superb. Well, again, mate, thank you very much for coming. on. I really appreciate it, and there's there's sort of loads of top information in there, so I really appreciate you sharing it all. No problem. Sleep well. Thanks, James. I hope you enjoyed the episode with James. It was great to be back and kick the 2020 podcast off. I thought this was a really good show to start off the year. Um, different to the sort of S&C sports science focus that we've had in previous shows, but I think a really, really important factor um, and some top information from James, not just 
on sleep and the way that we can affect it, but also just his approach and how he gets his work across to players. That was some of my, one of my main takeaways, to be fair. I think I've made a few notes on some of the main takeaways I took away from the show. I think one of the, the biggest ones was uh, the way he talks about managing the individual. So you can have as much information as you want, but the fact of the matter is you need to understand where that player is at and um, be able to add to what they're currently doing, not just spout a load of um, facts or myths that players should be doing if it doesn't fit into their lifestyle. And I think that's what James got across, and that's, that's pretty obvious with the work that he does. That also ties in with the poor advice that's available. So there's loads of things out there online in terms of sleep, but it might not be relevant to your players or to you. I, I talk about players a lot when I'm talking about sleep, but also to coaches, because obviously we need recovery as well. Um, we need to be performing at our best. So it 100% transfers over to coaches as well as players. The other thing that stood out for me was where he talked about tracking didn't work with the fact that players get very competitive and as soon as you get competitive with sleep, your sleep quality is going to suffer. So I thought that stood out. And then all the advice he had on away days, I thought that was really, really valuable. So if there's anything you can take from this, I think some of the stuff that he talked about when you, you travel in away, both as a coach and a player again, um, but you can hopefully pass this on to players or, or tag players in and share it with players as well. Because I think this is a really important episode for players to listen to. Um, I thought that advice when traveling away was was great. So if you want to follow any of James's work, and obviously you can go and check out the little piece on Sky Sports that I said at the start with Rotherham. You can also follow him on Twitter. He's at the Sleep Geek. So it was great to have him on. And big thank you to James for giving up his time and coming on because I know he's very busy at this time working with many, many different professionals. I said in the middle of the episode that we will be announcing some of our 2020 meetings and they will be coming very soon. Like I said, hopefully before the next episode or in the next episode, we'll be able to announce at least one meeting um, for 2020, but hopefully more. We've got plenty in the pipeline dotted around the country. Um, but as always, if you are interested in hosting or speaking at a meeting, please reach out, drop us an email, mail at footballfitfed.com. Do us a massive favor as well. Please subscribe to the show and share it with as many people as possible. The audience is always growing, so that's great to see, but that is from you guys talking and sharing and putting it out there. So please share it on Twitter, put it on your Instagram story, send it over to friends, especially this episode. It doesn't even have to be people that are involved in sport. Just generally, just sleep's really important for everyone, so please share this show far and wide. And then also... If you haven't done so already, let's kick off 2020. Please head over to iTunes and leave us a short review. Just click the five stars, just a little short comment. It honestly helps us a lot to grow the show and to keep all these quality guests coming. I'm looking forward to getting back into the podcast. We had a little break over Christmas, but we're going to dive back into some weekly shows and we will be back again next week with another quality guest. So speak to you then.